So I was hoping, I think in general, just to have a conversation about F3 and to get your perspective on, you know, when you started, why you started, kind of the stuff that you see evolve within F3. Mm-hmm. So I started, you know, in, in September and um, in September, I don't know what made me start actually. Like, honestly, I saw you guys um, at Wild Kingdom and I saw Mike there or uh, The Curse. Mm. And uh, I saw him there a couple of times. I always run there on, on Tuesdays. And finally, we were at a, an event around the neighborhood and he goes, well, you should, you should come check it out. And he was telling me about it. And, uh, but I don't know what made me do it other than mm. just like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. You know, I'm always up for something that's challenging. Right. What do you think most people do? Like, why do you think most people make that step to come first? Um, I think oftentimes it's um, maybe pressure from other guys. Um, or just telling them, Hey, there's this, this, this fun workout group, uh, that we get together in the mornings and, and then they start to see the videos on Twitter and it, it gets exciting for them. And, uh, and then after they start going, what gets them to come back is just that fellowship piece. Um, but I think it's different for everybody. Uh, there are several guys that I think are really looking for fitness, uh, that don't have that in their life. Um, and so for another guy to bring them in and say, Hey, you can come do this. Uh, it's all scaled to your abilities and you could go at your own pace. I think that makes it pretty attractive. And yeah. so a lot of guys feel comfortable coming out that way. Is that what brought you out? No. So I was actually, I was doing CrossFit. Um, so I was about a year and a half into CrossFit. Um, I was in really good shape. But CrossFit's kind of culty too, right? For sure. Yeah. But but it's culty in a, di- a way different way. Like yeah. I, I've never done it, but I've heard there's, it's, it can be culty in a in potentially a negative way, right? Like yes. Hello and welcome to the Chris Will Podcast on iCode Media. Today I had a great conversation with Mark Wellwood. He's become a fast friend of mine in a group called F3, and we just talk about F3. Uh, it's a it's a workout it's a men's workout group that has a whole bunch of other underlying leadership tones that I think have applied to my personal life as well as my professional life. So please enjoy our conversation. It was a ton of fun. Uh, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review and share it with your friends and support those who support us. I think we're in the best time to practice optometry. Yes, on this podcast, we've discussed the expansion of corporate entities, vertical integration, online retailers, and unproven technology. But I truly believe if we're taking care of our patients and offering the newest and best options for their eye health and vision, these disruptors will only serve as a clear distinguisher between what patients can get from them and what they expect from us. In our practice, we've had a ton of success for our patients in terms of comfort, vision, and stability with proven optical designs of Cooper Vision's Biofinity Torque. The Biofinity Torque Multifocal combines that torque design and its rapid stabilization with the flexibility and customization of the Biofinity Multifocal Lens. This provides our presbyopic astigmatic patients with an excellent option for minimizing their dependence on glasses. Check out the show notes and link to Cooper Vision's website for contact lens parameters and more release information. Yeah, I, I think what, there's a lot about in your perspective. Like, yeah, your perspective. and I, I think the problem where that comes from is there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys that get into it and they start putting it on social media and they become very. Um, almost obsessed with their own image and and what that means for them and why they're better than other people and it almost kind of gets put into people's face like 
they're better than others. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think with anything, it's uh, it depends upon the gym you're from. Um, so I was doing CrossFit out in Elkhorn, and I would say there was never um, a time where I felt uncomfortable there. And there were several guys that were better athletes and in better shape than me, but they never made me feel uncomfortable. It really was a community, and, and I loved it. It was serving a lot of what I was looking for. Um, I was a former athlete, so playing college baseball. Um, my whole life, my workout structure was based upon working out in a group and having someone else decide what my workout routine was. Right, right. And so I was good at that. And that's why I loved CrossFit. Um, I think what I was missing was while it is a really good community, um, I wasn't a part of that community. You were um, not a part I of it? I was not. So it was out in Elkhorn and I didn't live in Elkhorn. I didn't go to the same church. My kids didn't go to the same school. Um, I only knew two guys going into it. So um, when I got asked to come out to F3 for the first time. Who, who brought you out? Uh, Tater Tot. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, so, How did you know him? Uh, so he and I both played baseball at Creighton. Oh, okay. uh, there was a gap there between us. I am younger than him, but he had been working for the athletic department um, ever since he graduated. And so still being involved in, in the athletics there, he and I always had a connection and we'd see each other a lot. Yeah. And so he just, he asked me one day if I'd be open to coming out to F3 and mm. I was like, sure, I'll give it a try. I saw it on Twitter one time and um, I think what was very different for me when I went out and posted was um, this togetherness in, in this community and, and um, guys that were actually wanting to see others achieve what they can and it wasn't a competition, which is not what you see at uh, CrossFit. Yeah. You know, one of the things that was immediately um, weird and also appealing was that when I was in FNG, uh, the like it wasn't like, "Hey, you're the new guy." I mean, right. it was right when you're done, you get that little little special time. But right. it was, "Hey, what's going on? How are you, Chris? Welcome." You know, and mm -hmm. and everybody was really welcoming. And it wasn't. It was weird because at first that feels it, it can feel fake. Mm -hmm. but it didn't feel fake, right? Like, like, uh, you know, in many cases, if you were, if I was trying to entice somebody to come because it was going to be something that they'd have to pay for, or we wanted you to join up and there's going to be some other financial incentive for that, it can feel really fake, right? right. Do, none of these guys care. They're financially not ever rewarded from this process. And it's hard right. when, when, when Mike was telling me, when the curse was telling me like, yeah, it's just, it's free. And I was like, it's free. Who's, like who's who's leading this? Oh, it's just a guy who's leading it, you know. Yeah. And um, so in that process, you're kind of like, well, that's weird. But but it, but it wasn't. It it was immediately not weird mm -hmm. when it would have normally felt that way. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah. And then then you know you get a good workout, mm -hmm. something different. Uh, and I think part of it too for me was that um, one of the things. So I'm I'm a I've run for years and years and years. I, I was a athlete like a multi-sport athlete in high school, but never think anything, nothing in college. And then running was kind of how I stayed in shape for the most part after college. But then as you get older, um, and you, you have to go more miles or faster workouts. And sometimes those faster workouts are harder to do by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just getting to the point where like every day, okay, I've got this many miles to put in. I got this workout to put in and, and even just like the, the not wanting to like, I know what it's going to be and I don't want to do that. Right. There's something, there must be something about F3, mm -hmm. about not knowing exactly what the workout's going to be. Mm -hmm. That's probably good um, in multiple ways. 
What's the intention behind that? Um, I think it's really intended to help guys learn. Also, uh, a key factor in leadership that people don't talk much about is, is learning how to follow as well and, and trusting um, the guy that is leading the group. Um, and so it, it's nice that uncertainty of what you're going to get and being like a dog jumping up on your yeah, chair, like a dog jumping up <laughs> on me. Um, just that inconsistency is actually nice because if you know what you're going to get every time you can make a decision ahead, like, like every Monday we do the Murph. Like if you yep. don't want to do the Murph, you just don't go. Cause you know, that's what's happening. Then you want to go on Tuesday. You have no idea what it's going to be. So if you hate burpees, you don't know if it's going to be burpees or not. Yeah. Um, and so you're committed to, you know, the mission of showing up and, and supporting each other and just knowing you're going to get a good workout. I think there's something else that, um, you know, the, the bigger picture as, as I've gotten further into this and I'm nowhere close to kind of diving into the freed to lead stuff or any of that sort of thing. But when I think about, um, there's something about grinding with other guys mm-hmm. that turns on a switch sort of. Uh, makes you more vulnerable. It mm-hmm. makes you, and and I've noticed that when I run with, I got a bunch of running buddies. I can't get them to F three yet. They keep saying it's too early. Although mm-hmm. they'll get up and run at six on, on a Saturday morning, but right. you know five five fifteen is too early yeah. on a normal day so far. But um, but there is something where you just kind of let your mind go, right? You yeah. experiment with ideas, and um, and there really isn't many times where people get to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's intentional too. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot to say about misery loves company. And for whatever reason, when we get into uh, these hard um, times of working out, what you build out of that is trust in one another. So if you can go through something uh, that's very difficult and see someone else go through it too, um, you know that when times get tough in real life, that's somebody that you can depend upon. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also makes us much stronger. And the whole point of F3 is to create leaders make us better so that we go out into the world. Um, I think there's so much focus on going into F3 and building within F3, but really it's a catalyst for the rest of your life. Hmm. Um, And so these uh, struggles that we go through in the morning together, while it creates bonds and friendships between us to know that we can help each other through those times, it's really meant for us to go out into the world and, and be better at handling adversity. And, and when we get faced with something that's more challenging, we know that we've done something much harder than this physically. Um, and it makes those tough times a lot easier. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot to be said with a, I mean, again, the, the, my philosophy on, on a lot of things is kind of matched with F3, not, mm-hmm. not because, not because I've read it, but because it's just sort of like, yeah, that's, that's why I think this, you know, right. I think, you know, getting up and you know, grinding, doing something really hard every day means that the rest of your day, even no matter how it goes, right? Mm-hmm. I've always thought this, no matter how it goes, um, you've already achieved something, right? There's, mm-hmm. you can't take that away from you. So the rest of the day could be garbage right. and, uh, hopefully not, hopefully you've got the right attitude, yeah. but it could be. And, um, or you could be, you know, not get any of the things you wanted to accomplish besides that thing done. Mm-hmm but you've already put yourself on a solid footing to be like, yep, I've already achieved a thing today. And then the other thing about it is um, the idea of growing communities Mm -hmm. that is very interesting to me. And I feel like I've, I've really underperformed in that area purposefully within F3, but Mm -hmm. 
So sort of kind of clicks at some point Mm -hmm. for you, when did it click and what was the sort of thought process that, that, um, you thought, okay, well, I got to transition this from just the group of guys I'm with every day Mm -hmm. to putting it out into the community. And then what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, that would actually take me back. So I started in August of 2019 and that October was the first opportunity I had to uh, do what we call a third F event, which is going out and helping in the community. And we went down to the Heartland Hope Center in South Omaha, in which it's a food pantry. So we would help uh, stock the shelves and do groceries for the less privileged. Um, that was the first time that I realized these guys aren't just like working out and talking about how they're being leaders. They're actually going out and doing it. Um, and up to that point for the first two months, I was just posting once a month hmm. and I would skip really? weeks. Yeah. And after that happened, it all clicked for me. Hmm. Uh, I, then I started coming out twice and then three times a week. And next thing you know, I'm going every single day of the week. And so, uh, it was really getting involved in helping the community, uh, that made a big difference and started that for me. Um, as far as taking it beyond that and how I started to, help expand this into the community. It was actually when the pandemic started. Um, There was a a group of us, almost like a nucleus that still got together Um, is we, we weren't doing official workouts, Um, but there would be about 10 to 15 of us that would get together every day. And we got pretty tight and things were really challenging. There are a lot of people that are going through some mental battles. Um, And then we got to the summer and there was a lot of issues, um, you know, racially in Mm. our country. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And so, uh, it made me stop and ponder and think like, what do I want to do? How, how am I helping the community? Cause I always thought my role in life was to be a good leader for my family. And I have been doing a good job at that, but, uh, there's a lot more that I can do and there's other people that need my help. Um, and what I found is that, um, I'm very passionate about helping young men, uh, be better people and give them opportunities and help grow leaders out of them. And so, that's when I started getting involved in reaching out to several local uh, nonprofit organizations and, and seeing how we can get more involved, how can we help them, and then what could F3 do differently um, to ma- have a bigger footprint in our community. So. Yeah. So then you and I, well, we were on a, we actually have another half marathon coming up this weekend. Yeah. You're going to be there? Uh, I'm not. You're so not? I've ran three halves in the last four weeks. Yeah. And uh, I got to the end of one on Sunday and I almost, Felt like I was going to tear my Achilles, which uh, I've already ruptured before. So I actually went and saw somebody uh, yesterday. So if I pulled my pant leg up, you'd yeah. see I have tape on my Achilles right now. So I'm going to sit this one out. Okay. Um, but the last time we were talking, we were talking a yeah. lot about kind of the intentionality of of how do you how do you take um, because you're right. I mean, there's absolutely a benefit to what there, there has to be a benefit to what we're doing in communities all across the country, correct? Not just West Omaha, which is pretty, you know, um, I don't know what the the best term for it is, but obviously it's relatively, um, uniform in terms of culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so how do you, because it's unnatural for me to go to North Omaha Mm -hmm. and, and just say, Hey, I'm going to pick this park. Let's go work out. Right. It'd be weird. Right. That would be weird. So, um, how do you, it's not saying I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, right? If there was a if there was a group of guys there, I'd be like, yeah, let's let's go. But it wouldn't be the same, right? So yeah. how do you get around that barrier? We were talking about this for a while. Yeah, and so um, I think part of the goal of F3, well, one of our core values is we're open to all men, and so whether it's uh, race, religion, sexual orientation, like there's nothing that is going to limit who can come out. Um, 
and one of our goals is we want each of our communities um, to be represented within F3. And if you look at Omaha, we're, we have not not done a great job at that, which is okay. But we're young. But I mean, we are. We're three I years. Mean, three and years. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the guys that start and get into it. They tend to invite people that they know and they're in proximity. Sure. With. So yeah. um, if you're not as, if your circle is not as diverse, it's just going to reflect that. And, and I think as we grew over time, that was what happened. But I think what we need to think about as we expand into these communities that we're not is how do we have the correct representation when we um, start to get in those areas because if you just had 20 white guys show up in North Omaha to try to work out while you might feel good about what you're doing you're really not making any impact there's nothing that's changing there's nothing that's different and so it's getting rooted within that community and finding those people that are actually leaders um, which is how we've grown to where we are today I mean if you look at any uh, we call them AOs, area of operation that we um, post at. The core people uh, from that community are represented. And then guys from the city come out to it. We don't have any core group of guys from North or South right. Omaha. So how do we get integrated into those parts? And so it's going to take some effort and some strategy um, to do it. Um, I think we uh, have identified that we need to do better. Um, and who we're bringing out because there are several of us that know guys um, in those communities or that came from those communities that we need to get involved in F3 because we are open to all men and, and we need to be more diverse in who we have out. Yeah. And not simply for diversity, for the fact of making us better and, and helping in all those communities. Right. Yeah. I mean, it certainly has a... in. In the there's there's opportunity in every community and and um, to the point of it's it's sort of as I look at how just in the I guess probably seven months or so seven or eight months that I've been doing this um, what is interesting to see is I've seen a few different expansion points like I was there when I when the berm just like berm just kind of popped up and and you see that what happens is you see, you see an area that there's this kind of large swath around that doesn't have any, any right. AO, and then it makes sense to put one there. Well, you, you know, they're, they are strategically placed, but the guys that are coming from Northwest Omaha are, are coming to Aldridge or coming mm. to Kiewit. And so, um, so it's just kind of a normal extension, but North Omaha is so far from our closest post that you're not right now, we're not going to be attracting guys from that to, to take back. Right. So is there, a, is there a, a thought of like, you know, expanding naturally into those other areas. Like what's the furthest east and north we go? Furthest east is the canyon, which is up against the river. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can't go any further east. Yeah, right. And then, uh, but that's not very far north. That's at like, that's at uh, basically CHI center or right. Gallup, right? Yep. Yep. And outside of the berm, as far as like north and east, it would be Memorial Park. Yeah. So then there's got to be something closer where you're still in sort of like, this border where Memorial Park and then, you know, you get slightly north, maybe a little east that you're sort of tracing into those other communities, right? right. Like what about St. Bernard's? Yeah. You know, St. Bernard's would be a, an ideal location where you're close to Benson, you're close to... Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's no there's no posts in Benson? Uh, so there actually was a pop-up there a couple of weeks ago. So there are guys that okay. had the idea of going there on a Sunday morning and, and doing a workout together and I almost think it was like a, a test to see how it went. And, How'd it go? Well, they had a decent number of guys show up. I think it was about 12 or 13. Um, 
and it's great that they did that and that they're out in Benson. I have nothing wrong with it, but at the same time, like it didn't change anything. Right. Um, there, there was nobody from that community that wasn't a part of F3 that was there. Right. So then the question becomes, how do we do that? Where do we strategically go? And the way I see it is we've created a, a very nice partnership with North Star, which is in North Omaha, 49th and Ames. Mm-hmm. Um, very naturally, that could be the opportunity where we could have a location and a partnership with a group within that community where we could start to post once a week. Um, and what we've learned from like Greensboro, what they've done is while we can start to get guys from that community to start coming out, then what they start to see is, well, this is great. It makes me feel good. I'm coming here every Saturday morning. Why don't I start to explore this on Wednesday? Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, they're going twice, just like I did. Right. And then you're going three times and you're starting to get out in different parts of the community. So now not only have we grown in their community, but now their communities growing out in our community as well. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, the ideal. Goal. Yeah, that's right. right. It's not just bringing it to their community and then just sitting it in their community, Correct. right? It's It's intermingling the idea that, that men need communities, men need strong leadership principles and, yep. and foundations. And we all have, many of us have it already, right. but we have this, we sort of have this op, this place where we might lose those opportunities, yes. right? And so there, there comes into this idea of, of friendship as well. Mm-hmm. So different, you know, and, and I, that's one of the things that I brought up before was, you know, some of the conversations that you and I, you know, we in some way, in many ways, we don't know each other that well. Right. In other ways, we know each other pretty well. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so there's people that that I might have known for, you know, years and years on a whole bunch of different levels that we've never had conversations like you and I have had. Right. And and so, um, so what what's that all about? And and why do you think that happens? And yeah. So I think with F three, one of the things that's um, very natural for any region as a culture gets created. And I think what we have established here in Omaha is uh, a culture that guys are very open and they're willing to be vulnerable. And so because of that, um, there's guys that you may not see or have known for the, you know more than six months that you can open up to and have deep conversations with them of things that you feel and believe and feel confident in that conversation with them that you wouldn't have with your friends you've had for 15, 20 years. And, and I think it's just based upon, you know, we come together for a common good and there's this understanding within this culture of, uh, it's good to share. You know, it's going to help you get things out. Also, you're going to be receiving back some candor and feedback that's going to help you. Um, whereas a lot of your friends that you've had for long periods of time, uh, your relationships weren't established based upon those same, hmm. you know, morals or ethics. It's more of, Hey, let's go party or let's go to the game or something uh, a little less uh, symbolic or important in your life. So do you think it's because as, as guys, you sort of have a natural aversion to, you know, being able to open up, you know, you've got your friends that I, I tend not to have that aversion. I think in general, right. I mean, there, are, I, I was being honest when I said that there's friends I've had for a lot of years mm-hmm. that I haven't connected on certain levels with, like, I just don't open up with right. the same way. Um, part of it I think is, is the workout stuff. Part of it is, is just like you said, when, when somebody's open with you, you'll be more open with them, et cetera. Um, but in general, I, I don't, I, I, um, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve and, um, and so, but, but there is this idea of 
because we all have them. You know, we have we have uh, friends who are who our wives are good friends, right? And then the husbands, you're kind of like, yeah, I'll hang around with them. I'll have a drink with them. Yeah, they're they're fine. You know, they're fun to hang around with. Maybe they, maybe you even become friendly, but you never get beyond that like sort of posturing that men do, right? right. Arms crossed. Yeah. Uh, so what? Um, yeah. Why do you think that men have a hard time doing that? Uh, so free to lead talks about all these different types of friends that you just touched on. And um, it was great after reading that to then reflect back on like the conversations and relationships I have with men and how they actually fit into that. And um, especially with the ones with like your wife's friends <laughs> and their husbands. And um, while it's nice to spend time with them, you're not necessarily choosing them as friends. You're just put into that situation. I think the struggle is... It's almost as if culture tells you, as you grow up as a boy, you need to surround yourself with other boys and be friends and be tight and, and grow together. And then once you get married, culture or society tells you, okay, now it's time to have kids. And now they're, they're your main responsibility. It's not friends. And it's not so much like going out to the bar and getting drunk right. with guys. It's your wife is supposed to be your best friend, um, which is also a, another um cultural myth that, that they talk about and um it's not that friends are frowned upon it's just that they're not emphasized enough in the in, in the culture yeah, yeah yeah in our culture i mean it's always supposed to be as you're an adult your closest people are supposed to be your family and so it's not that you're frowned upon for having friends that are guys it's just not encouraged and i think a lot of us also as we get older we have trouble um, generating new friends or making new friends. I think a lot of us become standoffish. And um, I think that fellowship component to F3 is where that really helps. And for me personally, that's what drew me into F3. Because like I said at the beginning, uh, it wasn't fitness. Yeah. I didn't need the fitness. Um, but what I've shared a, a few times is um, I was a very lonely man. I was the guy that could be in a room full of people and I felt alone. Because hmm. um, so, you were just quiet or you just didn't want to engage with people? or Both. Yeah. Um, I'm naturally an introvert. And so, uh, I was at a point in my life where I was actually, you know, kind of sad and depressed and we call it the sad clown syndrome where you look that's like that's the first time I've heard that term was yesterday was that because oh, really? I haven't been to very many Q sources. Okay. Cause you know, I'm trying to take kids to school and all that kind yeah. of stuff, be home. Um, but, uh, but I did go to one yesterday and that was the first time I, and they kept talking about sad clown syndrome. So, so yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I don't know that I've I fully wrapped my mind around it. So please explain. Yeah, I love this. So uh, one of my favorite concepts that it talks about in Q Source, which is um, an extension of the Free to Lead book. So just to just just I know that we're having a conversation, but I, yeah. I I know we're we're using a lot of jargon. One of the things, and before because don't let me get off that point, but we've used a lot of jargon, and mm -hmm. there's there's purposeful jargon within F three. Uh, I'm, I was never in a fraternity. I was sort of an right. anti-fraternity guy. There's a lot of components of this that would feel like a fraternity to me. For sure. Um, and, uh, and a lot of stuff that feels very, very like at first blush, like, wow, this is, but it's, it's purposeful. But yeah. I guess the point is, is that there's all these sort of terms that, that get thrown out and, and unless you really go in and try to look them up, right. take some time to, to kind of yeah. think through what are they talking about? It's a totally different yeah. code language. So yeah. sad clown syndrome. Sad clown syndrome. So um, it's essentially a man that's walking around the earth aimlessly um, that on the outside they may look happy, uh, but deep down inside they're not. Mm. And one of my favorite concepts that we talk about within QSource is the sur-sur spectrum. 
and the first SUR is SURs in survival. Um, that's over on one side, and the other is SER uh, for servant. Um, so most people or men, um, they float closer to the survival mm. side, and that's where we believe like the sad clown would be. So you're literally just going through your day-to-day you're a and, taskmaster. Yeah, yep. and, and you're living for yourself, and you're not happy, you're not fulfilled. But as you start to move towards the servant side of the spectrum, what you learn is um, happiness, joy, and then also being living third is what we call it. So putting God first, uh, whoever your God may be. Uh, we're not a Christian-based organization. Uh, but then putting those other people that you love um, in your life ahead of your own needs as well. So we call it a concentrica, which is essentially like a target. And at the center of that concentrica is your M, your most important is your spouse. And then it's your 2.0 or your kids. And then it's your shield lock. So the guys you're closest to. Um, and then it would even be your uh, mentor. And then beyond that is your work. So these are all your people that you have relationships with. They are the focus of your life. And so when you start to live purposefully is what we refer to as uh, living third, you're moving closer to that servant model. And so finding those people that are just surviving or those people that are just roaming around aimlessly uh, without any purpose in life, living for themselves, um, n- not finding any joy. Um, that's that's what we refer to as a sad clown. And, and the people that we believe we're trying to go out and help and, and save are those men. Yeah, it's um, so the you, you made the point about we're not a Christian organization. And, and my experience has been that, um, that, and mainly it's because of Omaha, right? right. Like if you're if 25% of Omaha is Catholic, at least 25%. Mm-hmm. And most of the guys that are in West Omaha mm-hmm. and, and probably because, you know, you start connecting the dots, right? The curse knows this guy, you know, this guy, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, Matt Minnelli, right? And yeah. it's like all, all it's going to make sense that these are guys you went to high school with and we right. all went to Catholic high school. And so, um, but but there is a huge faith component to it that that is um, that is you say I'll, I'll call it non-denominational, right? Mm-hmm. Not not non-denominational Christian or anything else, right. but it's 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 that there is something greater than you. I think is the ultimate yeah. F, right? Within yeah. that, believing in something higher than yourself, right? And and if you the concept is if you don't believe in something higher than yourself, then you're living for yourself, and right. if you're living for yourself, you can't be serving others, and so. Um, it doesn't matter if, if it's Muslim, Hindu, Christian, um, just believing in a higher being. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that, so when you describe it, um, I think I probably go overboard when I bring guys, I I probably go overboard in the, in the descriptions of, uh, I'm probably just like, I probably should just say, why don't you just come out and work out? Right. (laughs) Instead of like preparing them for this other stuff. Right. Cause, um, there's a, n- a number of guys. I mean, the thing is, is I think a lot of people, and at least in my community, my running buddies and stuff, they've heard about it. They've heard me talk about it. It's right. going to just be a matter of time before they finally say, yeah, I'm going to go. Um, and uh, so then when, as far as QSource goes, most of that in your mind is, is it leadership principles? Is the, is the whole reason for it? Or is it, is it the bonding between men or are there multiple multiple gains within that man so q source um so i run q source on fridays um and there's a lot there it's really about the core value of f3 is to help men be better people be better husbands fathers uh leaders in their community leaders at work 
and there's it's broken up into four quadrants and you move through it chronologically so the first quadrant is getting right so how do you get yourself right that's uh, personally with exercise diet um jester i think you were there yesterday yeah. talking about jester, yep. jester so yep. overcoming those things that are obstacles to um living right but then also taking it the next step further is getting right with your relationships within your concentrica getting right with god so after you've gotten yourself right then it is how do you live right so now you've improved how do you continue to maintain and be living the right way and then the third one third quadrant is leading right how do you lead others and then the last component is leave right which is leaving a legacy mm. and so as you get through this whole spectrum it's trying to help you better yourself and then be consistent with yourself so you can follow through and continue to do this day after day and then how do you show others the way and then what's that legacy you're leaving for other people it could be your family it could be your community um, and it's intended to help kind of show you the path and help you think about where can you make more of an impact and where do you find your mission in life do you think that um when when you talk to guys are there guys that are coming out so so for me i was coming out you said you already had fitness i already had fitness too but it was right. a different program that it was it was immediately satisfying a, a different avenue for me um but there's this idea that you know, there's these, there's a whole kind of spectrum of guys in the group, right? right. Some yep. that are highly successful guys, some that are sort of just starting out, um, some that clearly, uh, on the surface, on the surface, right? You can tell they're hurting, right? right? They're hurting physically. They haven't done this in a while. They're probably hurting emotionally. And then there's guys that, that have their stuff together or they seem to have their stuff together. They might be right. sad clowns, but, um, is there is there something that is a challenge for one of those groups versus others that that you see where it's like yeah this guy is gonna be hard to get them back mm -hmm. or because of of this or or there's sort of a philosophy that you're you're gonna go after every single one to make them feel welcome. Right. I mean, what what's been your experience with that? Because I'm just yeah. now starting to see enough FNGs where I'm yeah. kind of like oh I can tell this guy's got a lot going on mm -hmm. and um and we need him but right. we need him as a community but he also really needs this group but we got to keep him around so how do yeah. we keep him around without completely pushing him out because yeah. he feels intimidated or whatever so there's two guys that uh really struggle to stay around one is the guy that's already very physically fit um that is looking at f3 as a fitness group and so if they think that they're going to come to f3 and it's going to serve their fitness goals you better pre-run Correct. Yeah. Um, and, and that's all that they're trying to get out of it. Um, they usually don't make it because it's, it's not necessarily going to live up to what they're looking for. Uh, the other one is in something that guys have pointed out before. There's not a lot of, uh, assholes. Mm. Um, they seem to kind of weed themselves out. Mm. It's a lot of good guys. So if there's guys that, you know, are, are very selfish and, and think very highly of themselves, um, they tend to, um, have a short stay and it's not that they're not welcomed. I think that they just kind of see that, um, in their eyes, maybe they're better than this or this isn't for them. Mm. Um, beyond that, it's just simply commitment. Um, so there are some guys that come in and they dive full in both feet into the water and you could see them start to accelerate, um, very quickly. Uh, and it's almost like they do too much and then all of a sudden they fall out. And uh, you typically something happens in their life. Uh, there's a life event that changes that. 
and trying to get them back in is, is a struggle. And I don't think it correlates with those other two. Um, I think it's just someone that really needs F3 um, more than ever. And for whatever reason, they're, they're having a tough time getting reengaged. Yeah. This last week, um, the podcast I had, her name is um, Loretta Justin, and she uh, she has a group called Optometry Divas. And it, it's, you know, um, it's very, in a lot of ways, it's F3-esque, right? And uh, for women, obviously, for optometry, optometry women. Um, but it was it was cool to think about like, oh, there's these other groups. But immediately when when somebody, I mean, especially in our culture right now, like, well, you can't tell me that it's just for men. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on, Sparty. Yeah. Why is it just for men? <laughs> so what's up with that? Yeah. Because so, women, because, you know, my wife just got back from from working uh, out, yeah. right? Why can't there be a woman's equivalent of F3 or why there is it? Is. Oh, okay. Um, so it's really big in a few other cities. The closest one is Kansas City. It's called FIA, Females mm. in Action. So it's essentially built on the same core principles as F3, uh, but it's all women. I mean, they do the same things. They give each other names. Workouts mm. are built the same way. Um, and we're actually trying to build Why do it. we give each other names? Um, so it's a part of belonging. Um, but this, I've never heard this specifically from F3, but I've heard this just from Christian scripture is like with, with rebirth, you get a new name. And mm. we see that a lot in, in our scripture as Christians. Um, so I kind of look at it like that Yeah, is, is I'm like a new person. I'm going down a new path, a better path for myself. And by that I'm given a name, but it also gives you a sense of like belonging to this. Like there's something that I have invested and it also goes back to all those things that you were, you were saying our language is very weird. The lexicon <laughs> is is out there. It's very different. But by having that common language, it helps bond us together. And, and for whatever reason, it also like ties into our purpose of what we're doing, that we are very different. Um, and we kind of embrace that and run with it. Yeah. Um, so the women, sorry, the women, I yeah. interrupted you, but the women's women. group, same thing. Give each other names. Yeah. And we actually have one in Omaha that's trying to get started. Mm. So I think they're not like official because I think they have to have a certain amount of uh, women show up regularly before they can be like their own region like we did. Um, I don't know those numbers or all the details, but it's the same concept. And it's more of um, how do how could a woman help me be a better man if she's never been a man? Right. Um, and, And it goes to the same thing with women and. I think most women accept that. Um, I've never had someone like rebuttal that and say, well, I think I can help you be a better man because I know how I've been treated or I see how other men are, but you've never lived as a man. And I think the biggest differences are the way we internalize things, our emotions. And it's very hard for guys to be vulnerable, whereas women, it, it traditionally, it's part of their DNA. They can do that. And so I think if you added that component of women being involved in this mission with us, I don't think you would get um, the true men that you would be wanting to get out of this. No, and I, 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 I would say that it'd probably be a group I wouldn't join. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is that, you know, one of the things I was alluding to with CrossFit um, was that, you know, this idea is like, if, if I know I'm going to get up early, right. really early, every morning, four o'clock, and I'm going to go lock shields and, and every other person that's there is a female. That's not good for my marriage. Correct. I mean, immediately it's not good. You can say whatever you want to say. It's right. immediately not good. It's immediately going to put 
uh, thoughts in, in my mind and my wife's mm-hmm. mind about what could potentially happen or the roads that things could potentially go down. Right. And that's why I just naturally like, I, I, I think probably, I mean, that's not why, but mm-hmm. it's one thing that I've always found comfort in and like, well, I'm just going to go out and run with the guys. Like I, yeah. there's, there's women in our neighborhood mm-hmm. that run a lot. I'd never go out and run with them. Like right. not that they're not nice people and I don't want to talk to them, but there's a whole slew of other things. It's yeah. not even worth going through. And so, um, so I've seen people that go into CrossFit yeah. and their marriages end. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's cause one, it's cause one, uh, one spouse gets really committed to this thing mm-hmm. and the other spouse doesn't. And then, Oh, you know, you just, you can see how that stuff yeah. falls apart. Right. Who am I going to be closer with? Right. Well, um, it's never going to be the case that that's with F3 that I ever have to worry about it. My right. wife never has to worry about it beyond all the other more practical things. Right. right. Or, or maybe more realistic things that are like real. Mm-hmm. I, Cause I don't worry about that stuff generally anyway, mm-hmm. but, but I think as a, as a, as a, uh, husband, you do have to be aware, right? Yeah. And and there's there might be a line here, and I don't even want to get close to that line, yeah. right? I, I want to keep myself a you know football field away from it at least. Right. So I think there's a lot to that too that makes it easier for guys to come out. Right. I would totally agree with that. Um, that's a really good point. I and I've heard um, people talk about that with running. Like when we run, there's a lot of stuff we talk about, and we can be pretty vulnerable. Um, so if you start to do that oh, yeah. regularly with someone that is a woman, um, there's naturally, um, feelings that could be created. And, um, while I personally never saw or experienced that with CrossFit, I always heard about it and I never personally saw it. Yeah. Um, and then it even evolved and something happened at the gym I was mm-hmm. at of somebody that I do know. And while I didn't see it, I think probably because I wasn't in proximity with those people and. Um, purposefully, I tried to stay away from the women. Um, it happens, yeah. and and I think that's that's a really good point that you. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's um, it's just there's just so many things I guess about about the whole process to F three, and I know there's so many things that are intentional with it. I feel like I've sort of stumbled in it, right? I've I've sort of it was the right thing for me, and then as I learn more, again, I haven't. Um, I haven't, I, it didn't jump right in. I'm always mm-hmm. a little, um, slower to kind of enter in things, right. but, um, but I would say that, that from what I hear, as you get to know more guys, mm-hmm. right? Like it's sort of the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that why, like there's sort of this, we have the same stories, right? We have the same stories. Like I said, um, depending on, no matter where you are in life, you know, you get into your thirties, you get into your forties, fifties, et cetera. Um, and you have the same sort of struggles. You become established. Right. It can be just like we were talking about the other, the other week, you know, you have made enough of yourself where, you know, stuff like things mm-hmm. aren't really challenging to obtain for, for many of us. Right. Right. They're there. And then, and all of a sudden it's like, well, did I find meaning in the things? Did I find meaning in the, in the work? Did I find, is there a greater purpose? Right. Right. And you know, I'm a Catholic and I'm a faithful Catholic. And, um, but I think the, the point about all of that is that, um, you, I think it's healthy to wonder about things. It's healthy to question and challenge your beliefs. And I don't, I think that, that, um, and I think any Catholic theologian would say the same thing. Any Mm -hmm. Jewish theologian would say the same thing, but, um, but there is this, hole where if you are on an island and you and you think that i'm the only guy why why are all these other guys like 
the Joker, right? Mm -hmm. Why are all these other guys su super happy? Mm -hmm. I've got just as much stuff as they've got. I've got just as much faith as they've got, but like I, they must be different than me, but they're not, right? right. And, and I think that's one of the things we talked about the, the other day that I thought was really important is the more you understand somebody, the more mm -hmm. you know the people you're around, the less, I think, mm -hmm. the less you'll um, try to keep up with the Joneses, right? The less they become, uh, you become jealous of them. And right. uh, because, bec not because they, you see their flaws, that's not it at all. You just see their humanity, right? right. You yeah. see, and, and I think that's a big thing within mm -hmm. F3. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it continually goes back to that vulnerability piece. And there's several guys that are, um, that have been drug or alcohol free mm. for several years and they share their story and they're very open about it. Um, and when you hear those stories, it's like, while that's not your story, you can relate because you've done some of those types of things and, and you could see that it's been a journey for them and, um, you don't envy them for what they've gone through. Um, but at the same time, we've all struggled. We've all had a different um, race that we're on and, and different obstacles. So we can kind of come together in that we've had those same problems or similar problems um, and kind of grow together going forward. I think the other cool thing is um, economically, you could be running with someone or hanging out with yeah. someone at a workout. And you have no idea that they're an executive at a company and you could be at the bottom of the totem pole at your company. And there's no difference in yep. those two people and the way they treat each other, the way they get treated by others. So I think there's a lot to be said for the code names in that too, right? right. Like, um, it's, it's cool because most of us have a decent story with mm -hmm. our name and I, I like the names that, you know, my name's not that great because I mean, it says what I, I mean, it's very easy to figure out what I do. Right. But, but like, I like the names that are like two or three steps away. Yeah. Where, you know, somebody says whatever and then they get this name. And by the time when you're running with them and they tell you how they got their name, like those are the best names because they right. you had to get from point A to point D. Right. Yeah. And um, so with that, I'll be respectful of your time, but we might want to close this out the normal way that we would close it out of mm -hmm. a workout. What do you think about that? That's good. All right. So you're on. With Nimarama? Yep. All right. Mark Wellwood, 37, Sparty. Sparty. Chris Wolf, 39, <laughs> Cataracts. Cataracts. Thanks for doing this, Mark. Yeah, it's been brother. a ton of fun. Um, awesome.